This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. TCL has created a pair of glasses that act as your monitor, pushing forward the area of wearable technology. But is this something you really want in your face? I'm Roger Chang, this is your Daily Charge. With us to talk about the TCL NXT Wear G glasses is CNET editor Scott Stein, who spent a good amount of time using this wearable. Welcome, Scott. Hey, thanks. So first off, what was it like wearing these glasses and and seemingly having these monitors strapped to your face? So I've done a lot of this already. You know, I've worn AR headsets and VR headsets and other things and tried doing work in VR. Uh, I've seen AR glasses that have also had floating monitors. This is not the only one. This is just a display. And so what it felt like was familiar because I've worn a lot of those. But what was surprising to me was despite the bulkiness relatively of these glasses, which are trying to look normal, the 1080p display in them was usable. And I don't want to say that this is something that you'd want to use immediately right now, but when we talk about these things, oh, they're not going to look as good as a monitor. They're not going to look as good as this. I found they looked good enough to be able to write and work on. And I think the company touts that it looks like you're staring at this giant screen that's far away. What was that actual experience like? Right. So it's 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 a 1080p resolution micro OLED uh, display, and it I you know I looked at my monitor, which is 24 inches on my desk. You know, it, it depends on how what, where you perceive depth on it. So when I looked side by side with that, it kind of looked like 27, 24 inches. It was definitely bigger than my 13 inch uh, MacBook Air screen when I was working. But it also depends on whether I'm perceiving like, like I look across the room and I see my window. What would a TV look like there? Well, you know, am I seeing it at that depth or not? So it is kind of relative but I would say it feels kind of like a 20-something inch screen, um, even though it's in fact not. Okay, well, and, and is there audio piped into this thing or is it just purely visual? There is audio. There are these little speaker holes uh, on the side, uh, kind of similar to the Oculus Quest 2, um, where the audio gets uh, piped in. It, it's suitable, it's not great. Um, it definitely w- you know hit walls when I was watching movies and stuff like that. And well, how much do these things cost? And can I even buy one of these? So they're not for sale in the US. They're for sale for uh, 800 um, Australian dollars, um, you know, is a price equivalent. And I don't know if TCL is ever going to release them in the US. What I thought was interesting, though, is to wear them as a test for what the sort of stuff that I think we're going to start seeing in the next couple of years. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting step into... Um into, I guess, wearable technology. But as you noted, there are a number of these glasses that you know, promise a, a theater-like experience when you put them on. Uh, what, what makes this set from TCL different from, I guess, the previous ones you've tried? Well, one thing I thought was interesting is that it's TCL. So, I mean, TCL being a player uh, making great TVs, uh, popular TVs, you know, that was the immediate thing I connected to was they're looking to expand into the future of these wearable kind of TV glasses. And 
I think that their attention to the display, it's, it's actually a Sony micro OLED engine in the, um, that the glasses use, interestingly enough. Mm. So um, the quality of the display, I think, is the thing to look for because you have these VR people, you have people looking at AR glasses. AR glasses are ghostly and floating, and they're not great for looking at, at movies. But these things are saying, okay, you want to read email, you want to be able to maybe be on a plane, maybe a standing desk, and, and have this monitor. Is that possible? So to me, that's what, what's notable. Years ago, I looked at an Avagant Glyph, which was this one of the first wearable displays I'd seen that looked like cinema glasses, like way years ago at CNET. That was interesting and, and crisp, but this is a lot better. And, and uh, you know, one of the things, I mean, I remember my mother and father told me was don't stare too close at a screen. It's going to hurt your eyes. So I guess the big question is if you're wearing essentially screens that are strapped right to your face, is that good for your eyes? That is a good question, and I believe the answer is um, we're going to discover more eye fatigue through stuff like this, and, and we're going to have to sort of tread carefully. Uh, it probably is not. You know, the focal distance that I had made it seem further, but a lot of times in VR, that um, the way your eyes perceive or get tricked into perceiving distance is a problem. Um, it, and, and, and they're trying to kind of deal with that because you kind of need you know, you rest your eyes a bit. Um, I used it for a while while writing and checking Slack and I kind of felt it was addicting where I was like, oh, this is good enough. And when I plugged it into my MacBook Air, it supports DisplayPort. Ooh, the monitor just pops up. And I was like, I can actually use this. This is cool. And then I found that the, the screen is so bright that um, after a while, I kind of felt like, yeah, maybe I'll take a little break. And my eyes felt like they needed to readjust. So right. there is that. Yeah, and I mean, that's a good segue because you actually wrote your hands-on impression while wearing these glasses. And, and you, 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 as you said, you connected this to your Mac uh, and actually kind of worked as a second screen. Like, what what was that like? What was the experience like kind of writing while staring at this screen that's basically strapped to your face? So the coolest part is that it's the instant element of it. Like when, you know, when I put them on and you plug it into a, it works just like plugging in a monitor. So all of a sudden, pop, on the MacBook Air comes the other monitor view, so I can drag windows into it and drag windows out of it. And that was pretty neat. I mean, it worked the way a monitor would work. The other thing is that in VR, one big challenge is that with doing work is you can't see your hands, you can't see your keyboard. Oculus is trying to work on transposing keyboards in, but that kind of peripheral vision for keyboards is much more important than you realize. So with this, you have that. And so like I could see the keyboard beneath my fingers, not that I'm looking at myself typing, but getting an awareness of that is what enables me to work fast, I realize. So I was able to kind of effortlessly type. Um, the thing that's weird is that the display is glued to your face. And what I mean is like in VR, you move around and the virtual monitor will look like it's pinned to a space, but this, mm -hmm. this doesn't, this moves anytime you tilt your head, which can, you can get some jittery weirdness if your head's moving can make you feel a little weird plus if you're trying to lean in and look at something that doesn't work and in the corners of displays you don't realize like sometimes you move your head a bit to look at a corner of a monitor um, if you do that here nothing happens so you have to move your eyes around which can get a little weird there's definitely fiddling and adjusting you have to do so this is definitely not perfect but it's it's a step towards figuring this out it's interesting that you've got to sort of learn how to like or relearn how to look at your monitor. Like you can't move your head. You actually have to move your 
your eye and your gaze. I can imagine eye fatigue could set in pretty quickly like that. Uh, but, what, but what was that experience like? Um, yeah, I think the eye fatigue part, like, you know, I, I sometimes said, okay, I'm done with this. But I found that when I was using it, I wanted to keep using it. And during those moments, and it wasn't a conscious decision. It was just that I was continuing to use it. And I thought that stickiness, because it actually worked as a monitor, was good. I didn't even talk about the phone part. TCL, so these work with a variety of, of phones, tablets, like iPad Pro, although it didn't work on the M1. It worked on the 2020 iPad Pro, weirdly. But like anything with a with a kind of a DisplayPort um, USB-C, um, Samsung phones, other things, I used it with a TCL phone that had that that USB-C DisplayPort support. On a phone, it, it's more like Samsung Dex. If you ever heard about Samsung's dock, yeah. where you plug into a TV and then it's like apps get shown, but it's not ideal because Android is not meant to be doing this, and the phone turns into a touchscreen. It was okay. I actually liked it more for the computer because a computer knows what to do with the second screen. This, it was more like for playing a movie on the phone, which yeah, like Netflix, the movies looked nice. The audio didn't sound great, but you could use headphones. Right. I And also over my glasses, it's super weird. These don't, these support prescriptions, but I don't really know to what level and you'd have to get an insert. So if you have glasses, these things have not solved for that yet. Okay. And, and, the, I guess, you know, you talked about sort of walking around and, and typing your keyboard. I guess we didn't really hit that question, but how transparent, like how much of the real world can you see while you're wearing these glasses? Like assuming there is a display up with your, you know, with our CMS and you're typing in it, how transparent is this display? Like, can you see past it and actually see your fingers typing or, or what? It is not transparent at all. So, so you, you were just looking through into this like chamber where the display is and I think I have one picture of that on, on in the article. But what you get is all the peripheral around you. So weirdly, like mm. like a like a jeweler's loop, like I would sort of lift the glasses up a bit or look under them to see my laptop screen, which is not ideal, but it, it is doable. Um, and just getting a sense of like if someone comes near you on the edge of your vision. Um, I worked with them outdoors, which was interesting. Like, I mean, I don't think you should ever expose these lenses to direct sunlight with any AR VR headset, like the lens part, but I worked outside and it was fine. And, um, so that was interesting too. Got it. And I guess more broadly, I mean, how does this fit in or does this fit into the future of wearable smart glasses and, you know, the integration of AR and VR? Yeah. The reason I think this is so important is first of all, micro OLED is a technology that we're hearing more and more about for, for displays. And I think that's going to play into AR and VR headsets. Um, and the other thing is that people are talking about doing work, not just entertainment, but, but getting stuff done with these headsets. You have stuff that transports you. Um, there's a lot of stuff. A lot of companies are looking at how this can be a work device. And one step for that is just simply, can these be a monitor? Can these be good enough? to just show you what you need to see for your email, for your web browsing, not just to float, you know, 3D cars and stuff. And so I think a lot of companies then might start to look at things like this as sort of headphones for your eyes, which is something that companies have discussed before, whether that's portable enough or feasible or affordable enough. Um, it seems like a joke, but we're getting closer to something like that being doable and if you could play games using it, if you could plug it into your Switch in the future, which this doesn't do yet, you know, um, that would be really cool. And uh, I don't know if everyone would want it, but if it meant that you didn't have to uh, 
have a TV nearby and it had a big screen. Yeah. All right, thanks, Scott, for your time. You can check out his story on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or sign up for direct text messages from me by heading to cnet.co slash dailycharge. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.